0: Hey, y'all. Pastor Emil here for another episode of Sweet Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet. Dessert is sweet. But Jesus is so much sweeter. I'm here with Brother Greg again for a uh, discussion. We're, we're, we're not able to be together on our normal Wednesday time, so we're meeting on Monday, and so the theme is Mission Monday. I, I did that a while back Uh, had a lot of discussions about mission on Monday afternoons and kind of gotten away from that. But I'm just glad that uh, Brother Greg and I get to get together on a Monday so that we can talk specifically about mission. I think uh, Brother Greg's got some good ideas, uh, some good experience, and uh, maybe some things that uh, he can share with me, with you, and uh, hopefully things we can share together to talk about this to help you if you're out there and uh, you're looking for ways to reach people with the good news of Jesus. So, Brother Greg, evangelism outside the walls of the church. That's kind of what you are yes, talking about. definitely. What are you thinking? What's your experience? Uh,
1: I have a lot of good experiences. Uh, I grew up to some degree unchurched, so uh, I had to be reached outside the walls and uh, was also trained by a lot of good ministries and have future plans to uh, do some evangelism. Maybe I'll start with the future plans and and work my way backwards as we go back and forth. But uh, one ministry I've done some evangelism with is uh, they're called the Ravens, and I've done it with others too in in, in that area. But French Quarter, Bourbon Street, Jackson Square, Canal Street, um, pretty much to, you know stand on a little box or or, or have a little cross or something and. Uh, share the gospel with, uh, passerbys. Now you get a lot of tourists, You get a lot of people not really from this area. So, um, the evangelism's, uh, kind of limited on on that conversation right there. Um, recently I met with some guys who I used to do that with, and I told them I want to do it again, but I want us to take the evangelism a little further than just kind of sharing the gospel in a public setting. And, uh, I told them there's a park I have visited a lot during these COVID times. Uh, i visited almost every park in the metro New Orleans area. And one I really like is called Crescent City Park. It's uh, east of the French Quarter in the Marigny-Bywater area. The, the park kind of follows the course of the Mississippi River mm-hmm. for a mile or two and just has a, an awesome variety of people there. You might have high school kids practicing with their band or A school play, cheerleading, or something out there. Uh, You might have um, artists out there. You might have a a zoom. uh, What do you call it? Zoom, Zumba, or an Uh, exercise (laughs) group out there.
0: Well, because you can do that outside now, right? Right, right. You got to do it outside.
1: Right, right. Uh, You might have a a political group out there. Um, It's near the uh, a homosexual uh, neighborhood. It's also not far from kind of the hood. So you just got a a, a big variety of people there. And I was telling these guys, uh, uh, we were doing a little Bible study and rehashing what we had done in the past. Just thought this would be a great place where we could uh, try to minister some people and it's going to be locals. It's not going to be tourists. Mm-hmm. And then we can say, hey, you live on the East Bank, you live on the West Bank, you live on the North Shore. Okay, well, hey, he goes to a church there. He goes to a church there. So if we talk to someone, now we, we've got a place we can invite them to. And, and people might think, does this really work? Most definitely does. I was on Bourbon Street, and not just witnessing to the drunks and uh, tourists and so forth, but we would pray for some of the workers on Bourbon Street. Um, the bouncers, the, uh, the cops doing security details, uh, the strippers. And um, one cop we were ministering to prayed with him and <clears throat> found out he, he, he lived in Slidell. Wow. So, uh, he eventually one day came and, uh, to our church in Slidell and, and brought his wife and kids and, uh, he's moved on, uh, since then, but they're plugged into another church. And, uh, you know, was he a Christian at the time we ministered to him? You know, I, I don't know if he would say he, he was or not, but, but definitely now he, he's plugged into a church. He's, he's a believer. Um, you know, they're, they're doing discipleship steps, getting baptized and becoming church members or whatever the, the program is for, you know, different churches. So uh, I was kind of telling the guys I'm meeting with that that's kind of the vision I want. You know, at Crescent City Park, we could meet people who actually live in the area. And uh, also, you know, there might be a coffee shop, PJ's or something if we're ministering to them in the park and it's starting to get dark or, or they really want to talk more, but we're just standing there, Hey, let's go to PJ's coffee shop, sit down at a table mm-hmm. and I can answer more of your questions. And, and, um, <clears throat> that's probably the next step after the park. And then from the coffee shop to a church building or your home or, or, or whatever it might be. And then, uh, some people may wonder, well, how do you even get conversations started? Yeah. And, uh, uh Let me explain first. In high school, I was extremely shy. I was the captain of my football team, (laughs) captain of my baseball team and football team. So people were naturally drawn to me. And I was still afraid of my shadow, afraid of people. Uh, I left Brother Martin High School because it was an all boys school and I was afraid of girls. And I'm like, I'm never going to find a date, a girlfriend, somebody to bring to the dance. I got to go to a co-ed school. So I switched from Brother Martin to Ben Franklin, but I was still shy there. And, uh, to to put it frankly, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. I I, I didn't do too much dating, <laughs> so uh, I I think I became uh, the I was ministered to on and off over the years, maybe with a, a few different churches, but was I a genuine believer? That you know, it would be tough to say I was. But once I knew I was a believer in the Lord, born again, whatever people want to call it, um, I I, I developed some initial boldness. I still was coming out of my shell, but I was able to begin to at least talk about God and the Bible and things like that with people. And then over the years, as I got training to do college ministry and, and youth ministry and went on mission trips and all kind of stuff, I, I just learned, uh, went to seminary eventually, that too, just learned so many techniques and ways to, to, to get conversation started. The hardest thing is just starting a conversation. Once you're in... Uh, you share your testimony, it becomes real natural after that. If you know the Lord, you'll, you'll know how to minister to people. But how, how do you get things started? Uh, I've gone to a, a gymnasium on a college campus and just waited for people to come out uh, with a friend and and, and and people coming out, hey, you wanna take a spiritual survey? You know, they're, they're always taking surveys and, and having tables <laughs> and different events and groups meeting on a college campus and people will be like, okay, okay, yeah, I'll take a survey. All right, uh, this is a spiritual survey, uh, um, and and you evangelize through the questions, through apologetics. You say, hey, um, you you believe there's no God or or, or one God or many gods? What what do you believe? And even if you're dealing with an atheist, you might think, oh, I'm not going to get far here. Okay, you you don't believe in a God? Okay. Uh, Are you all knowing? Do do you you know for sure, 100% sure, there is no God? And very few, even atheists, will say, Oh, yeah i'm 100 percent sure there's no god they're yeah. like well you know I, i'm not all-knowing you know I'd, I'd have to be mentally ill to say i'm all-knowing <laughs> and i was like okay so uh you just set a trap <laughs> exactly so i said so uh have i converted you from atheism to agnosticism and they're like yeah i, th- I think you have <laughs> just what just, a just sort of question or two and, and you just keep the progression going okay all right so if there could be a god you know, you think he'd be personal or impersonal? You know, way up in the sky, a deist like some of the founding fathers thought, or somebody we could talk to like, like you and I are talking to. And if, if there really is a God and he's a God of love and, you know, all this good stuff, he'd probably be personal, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, he'd probably be personal. If there is a God, he'd probably be personal, not impersonal. Okay. And, and then, you know, is there one God? Is there many gods? What makes more sense logically? If he's personable, uh, man, if he comes to you in the person of Jesus Christ, doesn't that make a little bit of sense, or it, might that be possible? So that's kind of one route, you know. Another route I've done is just, uh, there's evangelism techniques out there. A great one is uh, Ray Comfort, Way of the Master. He uses the law, basically. And he says, hey, can I ask you a few questions, uh, spiritual survey kind of stuff, maybe. Have you ever lied? And people say, well, yeah, yeah, I've told a white lie, or or." You ever lusted? Jesus calls that adultery. Yeah. You ever use a curse word? That, that you know, It's kind of like blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever stolen anything? You know, a test answer, bubble gum from your sibling, something, you know. What's that make you a thief? All right, you're a lion, stealing, adulterating, <laughs> blaspheming person. <laughs> now, how are you getting to heaven? How you get to heaven? And they're like, even if it's a church person or a religious person, they're like, wow, that's 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 a good question. Yeah. <laughs> and and you and you have opportunities now to to share the gospel. Now you see, uh, everything I've done, people are usually kind of interested in this. I haven't really offended them. I haven't talked politics, I haven't uh just screamed at them, you sinner, you know, things like that. Turner burn. Um so you know, just some techniques that I've learned over the over the years, and you have to know how people think who don't go to church. Yeah, and people don't come to church like they used to. No, there's not no. Uh, multiple services on Sunday and Wednesday and all during the week like there used to be. Back in the day, I think the church could do more evangelism just in the building, mm-hmm. but, but people aren't coming anymore. No, or not that much. So we really have to learn how to get outside these walls. Maybe God has allowed you know, the virus or whatever we think is going on out there to get us outside the walls. Maybe he doesn't want a bunch of Christians preaching to the choir all the time, <laughs> packed into a building. He yeah. wants us outside the walls. And, uh, you know, the church is us anyway. It's not a building. So we can have church in a park, in a coffee shop. And yeah, we want to get them into a building too. But that, that's just one part of of, of a long line of things we, uh, we we need to be thinking about so
0: what i mean what percentage of success do you think you have with the, i mean
1: well one way to get over that fear because i had that initially i'm like am i really doing any good and you know i'm reading my bible how many people listen to jeremiah nobody <laughs> <laughs> how many listen to noah uh Eight, yeah. eight. eight people listen to noah well, well but what, what i'm getting at is you leave the results in god's hands
0: oh of course i mean you know. in the end that's <laughs> but i guess um
1: but but yeah there is success for sure
0: so there's success how many people are stopping to even have the conversation you know what percentage of people are saying oh yeah i'll take a spiritual. i would say survey. it depends
1: where you are like i've done it on the campus of berkeley on Berkeley's campus, there's a, a, a big stone circular in the ground. It says, this campus is not subject to any God or entity, any government entity. You know, it has a long history of demonstration and rebellion. And, yeah, that was, that was a tough place. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you, you just hand out a track or an invitation to an event or something, and they look at it, they throw it on the ground. I'm an atheist, and they throw it on the ground. So not not much success uh, at yeah. Berkeley. Um, but other places, man, the the... the I don't know, it just seems like sometimes the heavens are opened and almost everybody I try to talk to is, is interested. And uh, I think there's certain types of people that are more open. Um, uh, people from other countries who've never heard the gospel at all. One time I meet a guy from China. I don't think he ever heard the gospel one time in his life. Wow! And he would have sat there and talked to me all day. Uh, some people not necessarily even interested in religion. But you know, they're Skid Row. They they they've been through some hard times. Uh, one time at Jackson Square, I'm talking to a transvestite. I mean, you could. I know it was originally a guy, but now he's got parts. And I'm thinking, you know, he'd be the last one interested in Christianity and uh, sin and things like that. Yeah. Sat there and talked to me forever and prayed with me. Um. So 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 you you really don't know. I mean. The harvest is plentiful, I believe, because not many people are, are doing it, mm-hmm. and people are really hungry. Um, they might not be friendly to the church or televangelists or things like that, but when you get on their court, when you get on their turf or, or some type of public square, as long as you're not being obnoxious or or too political or too something, I think a lot of people are, are interested and in, in, in open. And then you got to figure out, you know, am I talking to Christians? You know, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to persuade Christians to leave their church and join my church or my yeah. theology or denomination. That's not really evangelism. That's more discipleship and maybe other words we could use. But, um, you know, are you in the Bible Belt? You know, how I do it at Heritage Park in Slidell is going to be very different than Jackson Square in, in New Orleans.
0: So what would be different? <clears throat> Because you're in New Orleans, I'm mm-hmm. I'm in Slidell. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to kind of get to know the lay of the land here, the culture, the people. The
1: Slidell. I'm running into people who used to go to church, or their church influence, or they were hurt in church. They were, they were spiritually abused, so you're, you you got to minister to them a, a different way. Or or, or backsliders, prodigals. Uh, at one time they were serving God. In all kind of capacities. And now got disillusioned or hard hearted or or just you know, got busy with life or Stuff all, all, all kinda of yeah. reasons.
0: Yeah. You what you're talking about, you think that works better with a certain group of people or or a certain area or whether it's the spiritually abused, the backsliders, the prodigals or Somebody else, the atheists, the agnostics, the the Berkeley types, or what
1: about all those different groups of people? I mi- I missed the so,
0: question. So, um, <coughs> a lot of what you're talking about sounds like you're you're doing in New Orleans, mm-hmm. right?
1: But I've done it out here too. You have done it out here mm-hmm. too. Yeah, parades and different things in Slidell. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so you think that's something that works for pretty much everybody? All the different.
1: I was. More hesitant in L because it's a more church culture, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and people might um, not be as friendly as a big city. You know, you're from New York, New Orleans, people just talk, you know, on the subway, in the streets, maybe. Yeah. Uh, in the suburbs, people are, you know, they're in their little gated communities and they're a little more uh, protective and cautious and things like that. Which is crazy. Right, right. It should be <laughs> the opposite, yeah. I, I've, I've told people. <laughs>
0: a few times that you know new york is like one of the friendliest places you can ever go mm-hmm. and they're like what are you talking about right right well not in a car right right you know i mean you have people screaming and yelling at you and flipping the bird and and all that kind of stuff at you when you're driving in traffic mm-hmm. uh, but when you're walking around i mean people are willing to talk to you i mean if you try to get beyond that they usually get suspicious right, right. like if it's just shooting a breeze somewhere you just bump into somebody hey yeah like as long as this just ends here that's fine. right right uh but yeah they'll tell you tell you their life story pretty right. easily
1: the the reason i was more hesitant in this area and i, I kind of just told you I, so i invited some people from the south shore i'm like i know it works on the south shore i want to mm-hmm. see if, if some of this works on the north shore and, and i don't think you should do a lot of this by yourself i mean jesus sent them out two, two by, by two, two yeah uh, I have done it by myself, but that's that requires more, you know, the people and they know you or uh, it's not as safe and things like that. So br- brought an evangelism team out here. And uh, if it worked with this team, it would work with anybody. <laughs> and the reason I say that is this particular group I, I invite, and I've worked with all types of colors, churches, ages, background. This particular group was a, a pretty much all black group. So they met me at Ohana Pier, where I do the youth ministry. And I said, yeah, let's uh, try to evangelize some of the houses around here. And it's not a black neighborhood around Ohana Pier. It's, it's more white, older, elderly, you know, not the demographic they look like. Mm-hmm. And they came, and they had a, a little banner, like they were in a parade. And, and um, some of them wanted to do a little bit of singing and worship. And I'm like, "Ooh, I don't know if all this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> they might be calling the cops on us. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, the, the worship and uh, singing part was uh, just kind of intercession. Um, they were near us but not knocking on the doors with us. So w- when you do evangelism, there's a lot going on. You need people praying for you. You need uh, people who've you know experienced some training. And this group is a great group because I've, uh, I've done some training with them and I've, seen, I've invited them to my church, Christian Fellowship, to do some training. And, and a lot of my people are nervous. They've never done evangelism. But when this group came and showed them how to do it, they were like, wow, I think I might be able to do some of that. Hmm. Um, you know, people just have different gifts and talents, and you got to learn from different people and see what they do. So this group comes with me, and we spread out, and we knock on doors, and I'm like, oh, they're going to think we're Jehovah Witnesses. And there's actually a Jehovah Witness uh, temple, uh, <laughs> temple or whatever a few blocks away. I'm like, oh, they're going to think we're Jehovah Witnesses. I-, I don't know if this is going to work. And uh, we, we knocked on doors, and yeah, you know, a couple people were like, not interested. I would say the majority, at least 50% or more, uh, once they kind of figured out, and, and I also did kind of a spiritual survey. Hey, I'm from Ohana Pier, we, we minister to youth, we also have a church on Sunday for all ages, and we're wondering how we can help, how do you think, ch- us or any, or any churches in general, how do you think they can help the community? And so they start answering the questions. And then we led that into discussions of evangelism, okay? Uh, if you don't mind, could we ask you, do, do you go to church? Do, do you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior and things like that? And uh, more so than not, they belonged to a church, which I expected, because this is more of a, a, a church, Bible Belt, at least Christian-influenced area. But that doesn't mean they didn't have a lot of questions yeah. or that they were unsure about their salvation or um, they weren't willing
0: well, kinda... of. Uh, terrifying yes yes <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. i mean haven't i made that clear mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean come on yes. guys if i haven't made that clear <laughs> yes you know please let me know
1: now i think the progression i was talking about before meet them in the park then meet them in a the cafe then invite them to church that might be a little harder in this area because a lot of them are already going to church mm. but they still they have a lot of questions and not sure about their salvation and and I think evangelism needs to take place because, I mean, I'm a, I am pastor a church. I don't know if everybody coming to my church is right with God, born again, going to heaven. So I'm not blaming other churches and ministers. I'm just saying, uh, you know, lots of people hop around or they say they belong to this church or they go once a month or, but that doesn't mean they're they're believers or, or, or they're assured of their salvation. So there's just lots of ministry opportunities out there. And uh, I saw black evangelical people from New Orleans praying with white elderly people of different types of churches, or maybe not that involved with church. In suburbia. In suburbia, (laughs) praying together, coming together to talk about the hardest thing to talk about in the world sometimes, religion. And I'm like, God, you. (laughs) <laughs> you showed me once again. This can be done anywhere if, yeah. if we really pray and plan and, and think about it. Um, and
0: that's the opposite of what, <laughs> you know, normally you're thinking, oh, we got to go in the city and exactly. save them from that cesspool. <laughs> 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 and, and here's the city coming out and trying to rescue us suburbanites, right? That's right. That's right. You think people are more <clears throat> open
1: when they don't know you? In those situations? That's that's what can happen, too. Okay. A lot of people think, man, it must be hard to talk to strangers. And I'm like, in some ways it is because you don't know what you're dealing with initially. But in other ways, uh, they'll probably talk to you about things your own relatives and friends are, are afraid to talk to you about. Yeah. So, there, you know, there's definitely some opportunity there. So...
0: I mean, this this sounds uh, great. I I guess uh, this is not how I have begun to think about mission and evangelism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not because I don't think it doesn't work, but because I think you know. I'm so. How does a person, your average everyday person, do what you're talking about, right? So, does that mean the church has to help them do that? Or is there something else that they can be doing instead? Or Let me show some or, more
1: practical ways. before you. I, I'm kind of giving you the end of, of where everybody could end up doing the work of an evangelist. Okay. But let, 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 let's think about steps before that. Okay, I'm an occupational therapist at North Shore Hospital in Slido. Mm-hmm. Anybody around here would know where that is. Um, I had... I was beginning to start a church at the time. I hadn't started one yet. And therapists and so forth, nurses, they're catching wind that, uh, oh, Greg might be a minister, some kind of minister. <laughs> oh, no, he's
0: <laughs> hes uh, crazy, uh, radical. Uh, 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 right, right. <clears throat> but
1: yeah. they're like, oh, it makes sense. It makes sense. He doesn't curse. He doesn't, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. That's funny how that's like. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then uh, I meet one guy, and I find out oh, he went to the same high school I went to in New Orleans and he's he's dating uh a nurse in the hospital Hmm. and um now i'm I'm sure this you have to have different gifts and talents this is how i do it but i've seen people do it all kind of ways i I don't want people to think you got to do what i do i've I've seen quiet shy people you know lead people to the lord or invite them to church or whatever we want to call evangelism so uh you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bold. I'm kind of, but remember I wasn't like this at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. the the Lord really did a work in me over the years. So I find out he's dating a nurse and I'm talking to him and sharing how I met my wife. And, you know, I just throw things out there like, yeah, we dated for eight years. We didn't sleep around. We waited till we got married for eight years. And they're like, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm sure that the word spread once I said that. (laughs) And, uh, and he really likes this nurse and she likes him. And then I find out the nurse went to my elementary school. He went to my high school. The nurse went to my elementary school. So wow. we're, we're bonding. Small world. Yeah. We're bonding, but I'm, I'm kind of doing the right comfort. I'm saying, you know, the way you're doing it is not the, way, the best way to do it. You don't live with somebody. You don't shack up with somebody. You don't sleep with people and figure out if that's the one to marry. That's not the Bible way. So uh, I encouraged them to get married. And they said, would you do the wedding? I said, Yeah. That became the first of many weddings I did at North Shore Hospital. (laughs) See, that's what I mean by evangelism. You know, it's just sharing with people. You got to love them, obviously. You can't just say, oh, you're a sinner. But you say, you know, statistically, you know, people are, uh, unbelievers are into science and psychology. You know, when people live together, they're more likely to get divorced than if they, you know, came together only after they were married. Mm -hmm. You can't talk Bible right away, but you're saying things that back up the Bible so uh meanwhile i'm ministering to one of my step relatives who's a muslim on facebook and i know a lot about christianity and islam so i'm I'm answering all his questions and you know after a thousand messages he's like i think i want to become a christian what do i do what must (laughs) i do to be saved yeah and so uh you know i prayed with him and uh you know there's all kind of theologies behind it but uh, i always start off with uh i i like what's called the jesus prayer it's an ancient prayer lord jesus christ son of god have mercy on me a sinner luke 18 that's where it starts yeah that's where i believe the journey starts Pharisee. whether you think somebody's getting saved at that time or not the journey starts at something like that Mm -hmm. so i'll pray with people and then i'll tell them all right i you know i believe you believe to some degree now that you believe you got to walk walk this thing out so uh find some other believers Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, okay, well, what church do I go to, and I'm looking through phone books and I'm trying to guess you know what might be a good church I've invited unbelievers to send their kids to christian schools i't don't, I don't even know the schools I'm like that name sounds good, and they send them- because, because they trust me they they love me they trust me. you may want to do a little bit more research then <laughs> definitely I, I, yeah yeah it's so far it's worked out <laughs> but uh praise the lord so uh so, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm leading the Muslim guy to Christ, and he, he goes to a church that I, I invite. I, I tell him, go, go to this one. That sounds like a good one. He liked it. He's like, what do I do now? I get baptized. He, he gets baptized. What do I do now? I want more. I'm, I'm hungry for yeah. more. It sounds like you need Bible college, seminary, something. He goes to Liberty University. He, <laughs> si- he signs up. <laughs> this is the power of the gospel. I can't do this. you know. Well, <laughs> but, yeah. but let me finish the story. So he, he, he's a Christian now. Hussein up in Maine. Eric is a Christian in Slidell. They, they call themselves Christians now after I minister to both of them. Then Eric moves. He wants to fly airplanes. He moves to Hobbes, New Mexico. He says, there's a neighborhood where you can drive your plane right into the driveway like a car. <laughs> I was like, see you later, man. So he, he joins a, wow. co- a cowboy church. There's some cowboy church out there. He, he marries the girl. Well, I did the wedding. They moved to Hobbes, New Mexico, so I don't see him unless they come visit on occasion Hussein I didn't even realize he moved I'm scrolling through Facebook one day and I see a picture of Hussein's wife and Eric's wife at a party
0: <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> what happened? how
1: are the two of them together one's in Maine one was in Slidell and just moved to Hobbs New Mexico and I'm looking at the pictures and I'm like this is in Hobbs New Mexico this is a church mother's day out get together something and both moms are there and I start writing them and and they say, Eric and his wife and Hussein and his wife know each other at the same church in Hobbes, New Mexico. Nice. I couldn't make this story nice. up. Yeah. I couldn't make it up. I, I tell these kind of testimonies to show people that evangelism works. Yeah. And uh, there's no way I can make this up. You know, the, the chance of me even seeing that picture, you know, you just scrolling,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, maybe it pops up one time and never again. Yeah. Yep. That was just God confirming, "Hey, my my word works. The good news works. If you share it, you know people are going to believe. Signs and wonders are going to happen. Um, it, it, you know, it's 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 an amazing.
0: Well, process. And, you know, it sounds like your story, though. It, I think you're probably more gifted than you may want to admit, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, and I think pastors tend to be generally that way. You know, we're we're able to talk to all kinds of different people and and we can do stuff outside the church and uh,
1: but at I, least you saw it happened in a hospital. It, yeah. It happened online. It happened in the streets of Bourbon Street. So, so there's different settings and but I think <laughs> the
0: the key for all of that is is the relationship that you had. Mm-hmm. But of course then I, I think pastors tend to be better at cultivating relationships faster where people 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 people
1: persons Mm -hmm. yeah Mm where
0: you're a people person you can go from nothing to best i mean like think about you and me right like how did this happen Mm -hmm. like i liked a facebook post of yours (laughs) uh you friended me i sent you a message saying hey let's grab lunch and then we grabbed lunch Mm -hmm. and then the next week we were in here Mm mm-hmm like that's crazy yep most people don't do that but we right i I think we get used to that we're we're used to people that we don't know suddenly becoming more than just an acquaintance Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's a member through the congregation or something like that i don't know if that's what everyone does there are people that can do that Mm -hmm. on the streets like you're talking about
1: but you can at least do it there's a friend there's a relative there's a neighbor. There's somebody who loves you and you love them.
0: So that's where I'm going, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you break out your spiritual survey <laughs> with your friend or family member at Thanksgiving dinner?
1: Y- you do it without them even knowing. Okay. Maybe you're not as formal, you know. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I still have relatives, you know. I don't know if they're believers or not, but I know how they think and there's certain questions I'll ask them and prod them. And mm-hmm. Without them realizing, they're like, oh. I know why he's asking us. I know, I know why he brought that up. <laughs> but I I got him with a side win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but, you you know, it's it comes to relate, and, and I can't do this with everybody. I mean, there's some people I've had zero success with mm-hmm. that might have been close to me or not close to me. And I've seen other people be maybe hardly effective with anybody, but they could reach that that one person that, yeah. that I had no chance with. So, uh, you know, God might ha- call you to reach 10 people in your lifetime. And. Somebody else, a hundred people, and but it, it's gonna, uh, I think, sharpen your faith, give you a purpose, help you understand why you even go to church to begin with, why you read your Bible. Yeah, it just gives you more insight into the gospel. And
0: I think you know, if you're that. not doing it, you're not fully being a disciple. Mm-hmm. You're not being challenged. You're not forced to ask tough <clears throat> questions about your faith and right. Uh, like There's a lot that I get out of just being a pastor that most people don't get because they're not forced to right. think on their feet about right. some of these things and wrestle with the tough issues and mm-hmm. answer the hard questions. Uh, so if you're not doing it, I mean, Jesus says, go make <coughs> disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the new Holy uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. But he says that to his disciples. Mm-hmm. So a disciple, part of what it... What makes a disciple is making disciples. You know, so there's a there's a multiplication effect. There's a reproducing mm-hmm. aspect to to being a disciple.
1: Definitely, four and generations. Paul tells Timothy to train people who know how to train others.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: multi-generational. Paul
0: Timothy training, training. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I've done some of the stuff you're talking about on the the streets with people. I've not had nearly the kind of success you've had just listening to you, or maybe you just did it way more than I did.
1: Probably just did it more. Yeah. Yeah. I've had plenty of unsuccess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's important for us yeah, to yeah. know. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Uh, but yeah, there are people <laughs> that are willing to have some pretty crazy conversations with you. You'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, I feel like people are more worried about people that they know Mm -hmm. and they, they want to reach them somehow. Mm -hmm. And I think most people have been trained, whether intentionally or unintentionally to believe that I'm doing my job to evangelize. If I invite someone to church, it's too easy. It's, it's too easy and Mm -hmm. it doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. So, What is a – who worships? A Christian. Exactly. A Christian worships. Mm -hmm. A Mm non-Christian doesn't worship. And so then you get into this, like, how much of your worship is designed for outsiders and how much of your worship is designed for the people that you already got to equip them, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, in our situation, Lutheran circles tending to be more towards catering to the choir,
1: Yeah, I mean, I believe in believers' meanings. Yeah, for sure. And and
0: I do too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. About, but but I also believe we gotta be open to that. And like you know, I did a funeral today, and what I've tried to do at just about every funeral is, I think that's probably the primary, that's the number one time I know I got people that don't go to church and that probably don't know Jesus. Yep. And so I always include now. Hey, just so you know, all this stuff I talked about with this person about how I'm pretty confident about where they are and what the future <laughs> holds, and and all that kind of stuff. You know, if you want that, you know, let me know. I'm available. Mm-hmm. I want to. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to be a resource. I want to. I want to help you in that. And I've had people talk to me. Not mm-hmm. not a lot of people, but you know, I've had people. And, kinda, and I
1: don't want people to get caught up with a method or a rule. Like a lot of street evangelists are trying to get people to say a prayer, an altar call, and they check the box. All right, I led this many souls to the Lord. It can happen in all kind of ways. Mm-hmm. And like you're mentioning, the people we want to talk to, that that's hard to talk to. You can't just bring these things up. Well, that's why I mentioned earlier the school. My my dad and stepmom were not believers. And when I first became a believer and, and got baptized and did all these things, they were like, whoa, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on with you? Um, but I began to reach them in different ways my dad we were close I I could talk to him Mm -hmm. and I prayed with him I was like wow it's kind of (laughs) easy compared to other people Um, my mother I I had I had to do uh, some survey some something I had some seminary class questions and answers and I'm like I'll try it with her and she like responded very well and I was like whoa yeah My dad wouldn't have responded to that. I I, I just needed to talk to him like a friend. Then my stepmom and my two half-sisters, you know, I got to approach them differently, and I'm like, you know, they seem a little skittish or fearful or whatever. Um, Well, especially my stepmom, because she wasn't raised that much in church or familiar with the gospel. So that's the ones I said, oh, Slidell Christian Academy. It still exists here in Slidell. Nice. Why, why, why don't you send uh, my sisters to Slido Christian Academy? Because at that time, and that's where you, you do evangelism, wh- where are people in their life? There, there are certain seasons people are in. Mm-hmm. That they're getting married. They're getting engaged. They're going to college. They're having kids. Their kids are now at an age to go to school. Uh, parachurches. That's where I think mission, parachurches, apostolic work. That's where I think we're going to reach a lot of people. So... My sisters, Dana and Erin, start going to Slidell Christian Academy. And they come back home singing the uh, Awana ABCs or I don't know all the <laughs> stuff they learn. <laughs> a, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. B, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And my parents are listening to this and they're like, whoa. yeah." They're like, little bitty kids like that can learn the Bible because yeah. they had never learned the Bible. They might have gone to church a little bit, but they never seen anybody who knew the Bible. And they're like, kids that age can know that much Bible? I said, see, it's a good school, huh? <laughs> and and they're like, they're, they're shy maybe to talk to other adults about the Bible in church. So they're, they're they're talking to their kids now who go to the Christian school. Yeah. So they're starting uh-huh. to learn some of the Christian lingo, and they're going to school events and chapel events. And because my dad used to say, "Oh, you don't know what I've done in my past. If I walk into a church building, the whole thing will the fall whole down. thing's gonna fall down." Yeah. But see, through the school, they're now getting introduced in subtle ways to the gospel. The, the the walls are coming down and uh that, that's how they eventually get plugged into another church out here and eventually they join my church later in life so there's all kind of ways you you can do it you just got to be mission minded missional that that's all a sem- the time that's the seminary forward. word missional
0: <laughs> and i think everything you've talked about even the stuff that seems <clears throat> like it's you know just a moment very short thing it, everything you've talked about has some kind of lengthy process at, you know, so it doesn't Mm -hmm. end on one conversation Mm -hmm. and they don't suddenly join a church. They don't suddenly uh, do everything you're doing or do everything you hope they would do. It takes them a little bit. of. A
1: lot of times it doesn't, but sometimes it's happened suddenly. Okay. Uh, We had a guy who used to paint all the time in our family. He um, would paint at my parents' house cousin's house friend's house and he just seemed like a real nice guy <laughs> very peaceful and uh, gentle and easy to talk to and so the lord stirred me up why, why, why don't you talk to him about me it's like okay so i started talking to him and he didn't seem super familiar with the gospel and all but uh he was all ears he's like man this is i, I like this jesus guy most uh, people do like jesus exactly <laughs> they don't like the church they don't like so, a lot of other things so, so i i, I I can't even remember what I did. I, I guess I prayed with him one time, and he's like, "What do I do? You, you want to?" I, I didn't live in the city he lived in, so I. I and this is another part of evangelism. It, uh, it's going to cost you time, money, transportation. So I drive to the city he lives in, and I say, "Cause he wasn't going to go to church by himself." So he said, "So I looked in the phone book again. I'm like, mm, these two churches might sound good." So I took him. I didn't. I didn't know the church myself. <laughs> I I took him to the church. I'm like, oh, pretty good church. And I said, you want to try another one out? He's like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Just like you take people to bars and do different stuff when yeah. you're in the world. I'm like, yeah. I'll take you to different churches. And you, so I took him to a couple churches. And, uh, you know, eventually he, he might have settled on one of them. I, I couldn't keep up with him forever. and uh, But he still, you know, kept in touch. With, this is more the process you're talking about. He kept in touch with me. And he's like, I want more. I want more. And he was interested in the Holy Spirit. So I said, well, there's a church that's talking about uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, some, you know, different theological things we could get into. I said, you want to go to it? He's like, yeah. So I, 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 <laughs> drove, drove him to that uh, in Darrow, Louisiana, you know, dinky little town. I was taking him to churches out here in Slidell. I hadn't lived in Slidell at the time. So me and him head out to Darrow, Louisiana, and, uh, uh, you know, we would go to that event. And, you know, I lost contact with him over time. That's why I call it evangelism. It's not really uh, pastoring people per se. Mm-hmm. And I could do more of that when I, I didn't have so many responsibilities myself. But I think you should never lose that that edge or that mentality. And, and what I'm saying is it happened fast. As soon as I started talking to him, he was an open book. And he, and he wanted to know mm. uh, as much as he could. So, so, yeah, it could take a long time. And I've had a couple of deathbed conversions, I think, with relatives and things like that. Who I talked to him for years, forever with no response, but eventually got a little fruit. But with others, I've seen it happen very fast. And I, I think if believers talk to their neighbors and people they know, and you know, keep inviting them to the church, but they might not go to church. They might want to talk about the Bible with you in your living room. Mm-hmm. You know, something simple like that.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so one of the ways I've kind of th- started thinking about this. There's a book. I can't remember the book, but I know some folks that teach this fairly regularly and I've, so I've come across it and and there's this spectrum right so from like mm-hmm. 0 to 10 mm-hmm. 0 is no faith n- no anything right There, there's no belief in God there's no knowledge of God there's maybe not even any interest in God mm-hmm. 0 right. right 10 is faith in Christ and you know, you go back 20, 30, 40, maybe more years ago. In our country, people tended to be probably closer to about a seven. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you kind of just went around and you talked to people and, and just, hey, you know, like the recomfort stuff, you're a sinner, you know, mm-hmm. about all these things that you've done wrong. And they mm-hmm. actually have some sense of guilt and conscience and right and wrong. And there's some kind of basic assumptions, foundational beliefs about life and your view of the world that we all kind of shared. And so you could sort of energize them a little bit, get them excited, and then Mm -hmm. they'd go to 10 pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe like this guy you're talking about, maybe he was an 8 or a 9 already. He was just sort of open, and you just kind of get him excited, and he's ready Mm -hmm. to go to church. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, some of these smart people out there, and I would say, based on my experience, it's kind of similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, More people... Are probably closer to a three. That's probably the average. Which mm-hmm. means there's a lot more ones, zeros, ones, and twos right. than there were before. So you're going to run into a lot more of those than you're going to run into the seven, eights, and nines. But
1: it's not necessarily a bad thing because y- you could have the most trouble sometimes with a seven, eight, or nine because they, they got to unlearn. Know, they yeah. got to unlearn stuff. And, and
0: <laughs> so, so just knowing that there's a wide variety, probably mm-hmm. more so now than ever before. Mm-hmm. And and what I try to the way I try to think about it is, is you gotta, you'll know when they're interested, mm-hmm. and you'll know when they're not, you know, because sometimes people associate the Christian faith so much with politics that if you bring it up in the wrong way, it just like shuts down the whole conversation because right. they think you're making some kind of assumption about, you know, what they believe about politics or the country or, or about life that just flies in the face of, right. Right. Uh, so, so this sort of process um, relationships, how, how do you know where someone is? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do you know what spot they're at? How, how do you know the kinds of things they're thinking or the kinds of conversations they're willing to have? Well, you got to have a pretty good relationship with them. You know, like, I don't know about the guy you mentioned at the uh, therapy, you know, doing a, occupational therapy at the hospital. Right. You know, you probably work with that guy for a little while mm-hmm. and then you got to have those conversations and you, right. you knew about mm-hmm. that. So there is such a wide variety. We should be open to all these opportunities, and all these possibilities. Mm-hmm. And if there's an opportunity, you better start talking about it. Do not squander. It's so hard to find those opportunities and the door in, will open and some, close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you don't take it when it's there, mm-hmm. uh, but if somebody slams the door in your face, shake off your dust. And, and, and I dust also believe
1: some people are trying to do too much evangelism. Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before, before swine. swine yeah. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. You'll know whether you, you should be having certain conversations with people or not. But we have to encourage more believers to at least initiate. Try it. Yeah. And many are not even trying the first step. And I I would agree with that. So
0: <laughs> So this is actually encouraging me to be... A little bit more direct, I guess. Not direct. is Maybe that's not the right word, but a little bit more... Assertive, focused. Yeah, yeah not, mm-hmm. not aggressive, but say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a pastor. And, and, you know, I actually feel like sometimes being a pastor, like if it's a random person on the street, I could do that real easy. Mm-hmm. But being so, a pastor... Sometimes it
1: helps. Sometimes it might not...
0: Well, I would agree with that, too. right? Again, there's this spectrum, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. There's way more of a spectrum now than there probably ever has been in Mm -hmm. America's history, at least. Right. Uh, But there are times where people that know me know I'm a pastor. And it's like, so I think they're a little bit more, they're almost more worried that I'm going to try and talk to them about that. Right. (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense. And so there's this constant, like, you get this weird vibe. Like, I eh, don't talk about it. <laughs> and so I what I tell people is, you know, you probably have a better opportunity to talk to people about faith than I do. Because they look at me, mm-hmm. this is particularly with, like, the millennial generation and younger, like, mm-hmm. they think, they look at me, and this is not the case for you, mm-hmm. which is a tremendous asset you have. Mm-hmm. But for me, they look at me and they go, this guy has a vested interest in me becoming a Christian or not. All right. Right, so his church will look better. He'll look better. It'll boost his ego. It'll put money in his offering plate. It'll boost his salary. Or and it's not. That's not how it works at all. Right, right. But they don't. Uh, have. But you know, they, there's this, and there is truth to that, right? Like the less people we got, the less money we have in general. the The more I my right. salary is indirectly. Right? It's true. Yeah. Indirectly, it's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's not. So. So they're just—everything I say is suspicious. That's what, that's what it feels like, at least. Right. And I feel like people outside the official professional clergy have better opportunity to have some of those conversations because—
1: But one one mistake I think the types of Christian—the laity might make is they're trying to get them to come to their church.
0: Exactly. That's yeah. a
1: big problem. They might come eventually. Mm-hmm. But nobody's coming if, if you're just like what the world thinks the minister's trying to do. You, yeah. You're just trying to get them to a certain place yep. to pad numbers or whatever. I mean, I, w- when I've invited people to churches or Christian schools or whatever that were not of my persuasion, mm-hmm. it was a little risky. When, when I had my sisters go to Slidell Christian Academy, uh, it's Plymouth Brethren. That's who runs the school and the chapel and so forth. When you go to the service, the women wear... Hats and things like that, and I'm like, "Oh gosh, my yeah, what did I do? My carnal relatives are really going to flip out when they see that." <laughs> but they actually didn't, and, and they were maybe just curious, and it, it didn't push them away. But at the same time, I'm thinking, "Well, I don't really believe all these things this church is teaching them." So, am I doing the right thing, God? And God's like, "They they know the basics of the gospel, yeah. and that's what your parents are getting out of it." They're learning the basics of the gospel. Now, if, if, if you're right and they're wrong about something down the road, my Holy Spirit will lead them and direct them. And they did. They, after, after a season at that place, God moved them to another ministry where they uh, learned some things they couldn't learn over here. Not that everything over here was bad. Uh, some of that stuff shaped me. You know, it, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. I eventually sent my kids to that school. <laughs> I eventually taught at that school. Wow briefly <laughs> they, they could only put up with me for, i was just gonna say they <laughs> threw you out well. but it worked out it, i mean we we all got along good and, and and got some good testimonies for for uh i was there maybe two or three years i can't remember but uh you know evangelism works better when we are trying to get people towards jesus and it might initially be in a place we think is not the best you know, it's not the best denomination or church or yeah. social group or economic group or political group or color or whatever it might be. But don't worry about that. The Holy Spirit is going to work on them and they'll progress to your church if, if that's where God wants yeah. them. And, um, you know, don't, don't worry about Now, obviously, don't send them to a Wiccan cult. <laughs> <laughs> don't send them to, you know, uh, the Hare Krishnas yeah, or something yeah. like that. But, uh, yeah, y- you not... know, you don't have to worry about everything. <laughs> so.
0: Well, and church, it is not the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, so church, what we understand of as church is <clears throat> something that came long after there was a church. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. So the the church,, right. the assembly <laughs> was something that came along you know a few hundred years after mm-hmm. uh, well, well, Christians were gathering right from the very beginning, right? They're gathering, but they're gathering in homes, they're gathering in all these different places because they can't legally be anywhere, right right. They don't They don't have any articles of incorporation. There's no uh, the government's not going to allow them to to assemble. And so they're doing it all these other ways. And then suddenly the church, the, the government says, okay, we won't kill you anymore. You're illegal. And you're not only legal, but you're like the official religion of the Roman Empire. Right. And and that suddenly turns everything into... It, it actually kind of becomes a political movement because now how do you get promoted? How do you move up the ranks of government? How do you do all right. these things? Well, you should be a member of the official religion like you should be a christian and you should follow these things and so now all of a sudden you have the church becoming a place or an organization that you go to in order to get religious goods and services essentially Mm -hmm. right and and i think we're still kind of undoing that we're still getting free from that so the goal is not to invite people. I, I said this today at the the funeral. You know, I said, "Hey, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than being in a garage makes you a car, mm-hmm. right?" Mm-hmm. And people like me, we are not the gatekeepers. But you know, I'd love for you to be a part of some kind of Christian community. I'd love it to be ours. Uh, but if it's not ours, it's another one, or it doesn't even have to be a formal one. Just are you gathering? Are you assembling with other believers? Are you are you engaging in, in the kinds of things that are discipling activities? Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I don't know how we get totally free of that other than, like you kind of alluded to very early on today. Mm-hmm. We have to, maybe God has to shake <coughs> us up. Maybe that's what all this stuff with the virus is. Maybe that's all these other things that were going on, the slow decline of the influence of the church, the importance mm-hmm. of the church mm-hmm. in people's lives.
1: Um, it's got to be out the box sometimes, you know. This this podcast is great. Yeah. You know, it's a different way. Be, the millennials, they, they, they like podcasts.
0: Well, so far, my <laughs> audience is mostly, uh, f- well, at least according to Anchor FM, mm-hmm. is women <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> from like, Social media. 50 to 60, I think, is like the top demographic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh, thanks, hey, ladies. But you
1: might find a way to, uh <laughs> I mean, save all these recordings. And, and, oh, yeah, And yeah, one yeah. day yeah. You, there might be a way to get them out there, you know.
0: Oh, they're so, out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But it's <clears> sweet Jesus. It's not sweet Lutherans. It's not sweet right, right. church. It's not. Right. And uh, we're actually reading a book. I don't want to get off too much into that we got to get you out of here actually but um, there's a book called Kingdom Come it's by Reggie McNeil I'm reading it with our staff and and our board and our Mm -hmm. elders and it's uh, you know the Bible makes a big deal about the kingdom of God the Bible doesn't make a big deal about the church right the church the word church